Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. This is Pastor Jeremy. Today, God will speak to us through Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. The Revelation is John's written record of a vision given him by Jesus. It was written about 70 years after Jesus' death toward the very end of John's life. He is the only disciple to not be martyred for preaching Jesus. He is, however, exiled by the Roman emperor to the island of Patmos in the Mediterranean Sea. If you visit the island today, you can go to the Cave of the Apocalypse, which is said to be where John received and wrote the Revelation. At the beginning of this vision, Jesus speaks seven messages for early churches. Today, we read the sixth to the church in Philadelphia, not in Pennsylvania, but on the east coast of the Mediterranean Sea, not far from the island of Patmos. We're going to deal with it in pieces this morning. So we start with the introduction, starting in verse 7. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These are the words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens. So the main point of this message is that Jesus wants us to know that he has prepared great things for us. So trust him and keep his word to enjoy the goodness he has prepared for you. Jesus' introduction convinces us that we can trust him. He tells us he is the Holy One. We can trust him morally because he is good and right in everything that he does and teaches. He also tells us that he's the true one. We can trust him intellectually. He speaks truth. His promises are always true. The way he describes things are true. We trust him because he is the one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut and who shut. Jesus is the final authority. No one overrules his judgments his plans, his ways. Listen, when Jesus creates an opportunity for you, a way for you to move toward who he wants you to be, that is final. It is open. He opens the door to belong to his kingdom through faith in Jesus Christ. He opens doors for you to make a difference in people's lives. He opens doors to healing and recovery and forgiveness and peace and joy where they seem impossible. After introducing himself, Jesus says, I know your works. Look, I have set before you an open door that no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Because they kept the word. They have an open door. They didn't open the door, and they didn't earn its opening. Instead, Jesus, the holy and true one, he opened it. It provided an opportunity and the power and the wisdom and the skill so that they followed so that when they followed him and kept his word, great things happened. To keep the word of God means to live according to the principles taught and lived by Jesus. Love God by worshiping and praising, be grateful to him, pray to him, trust him. Love others by serving and caring and giving and forgiving and telling them about Jesus. That's what keeping the Word looks like in real life. To keep His Word, you must be reading it every day, studying it. Men's and Women's Bible Study here at our church is about to start, and that's an amazing opportunity for us to learn together. But on your own, if you don't know where to start, then start today. Find the book of Luke in your Bible and start reading at the beginning. Answer two questions. What does this teach me about God? And what does it teach me about myself? And then talk to God about what you read in prayer. Tomorrow, you pick up where you left off. If you don't understand something, call me, message me. There is nothing I would rather do than talk about it. That's what God put me here for. 
Psalm 1 tells us that the people, the, the person who meditates day and night on the Word of God is like a tree planted by streams of water. It, it bears fruit. Its leaf does not wither. Devote yourself to knowing the Word so that you can keep His Word, and He will lead you through open doors. But even when you are being faithful, this can still be hard. What about when we come to a closed door? I'm talking about something you know God wants for you or something that you know that He wants you to do, but it's just not working out. It's just not happening. And you are frustrated and discouraged. You need to know that this is not the end of the story because Jesus does not leave closed doors in front of His people. He will not abandon you or leave you defeated. He may be preparing you, getting you ready to go through the door. He will use closed doors to grow your character and to make you a stronger person, to strengthen your faith in Him and teach you things before you move forward. It may be that the timing just isn't right and that at the right time, the door will open. So be patient and keep His Word and trust Him. It also may be that the door is not the best one for you. We are not perfect and sometimes we pick the wrong door. We are sitting here trying to kick down a door when God has made a different one wide open right over there. We all struggle with this. Decision making is hard. We have decisions about our kids, our jobs, our finances, relationships, educations, where to live, and even what to eat for lunch. Every day, all day long, we make decisions about which door to go through. How do we know if a door is closed because God has a better one? or if he wants us to just be patient until the right time. Unfortunately, there is no perfect formula, but I can provide you a few principles to help. First, always keep God's word. That immediately marks off many doors and points us towards others. Second, pray. Consistently and persistently, every day, ask God to help you make decisions. Spend time with him and listen to his voice and trust that he will lead you. Listen, I want to take some weight off your shoulders. If you're honestly trying with all your might to be faithful to God, He isn't going to allow you to wander off. This is a 100% true promise. I will lead you in paths of righteousness, He says. My word is a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path. I will work all things to the good of those who love me, He says. Those are all promises that God makes you in Scripture. It can be really hard to see you in the moment. But looking back on my life, there were times when I was really frustrated and discouraged and questioning God about closed doors. But looking back now, I can see that the timing wasn't right. I can see that I was knocking at the wrong door and he had something much better for me somewhere else. Either way, no matter what your current situation, trust and keep his word. Whether life is currently smooth sailing and open doors or if you're overwhelmed with confusion about which door to go through, or you're just sitting and crying in front of a closed one, He is growing you and preparing you and leading you forward. In the next verse, Jesus talks about obstacles. These are things in our lives that block open doors. Jesus has opened the door, but we mistakenly believe it closed because there is something in the way. In verse 9, He continues, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews but are lying. I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. So there are Jews in Philadelphia who are persecuting the church. 
In the same way, you will have people oppose you, but do not forget they cannot close doors that Jesus opened. That is simply a part of living in a world corrupted by sin. We will experience the hate and selfishness and bitterness of people. You can't control people. You can't fix them. But you can always control how you respond to people. Jesus is clear that we are to love our enemies, to bless those who persecute us. Now remember, Jesus welcomed Judas, taught him and loved him the whole time, knowing that he would betray him. Know that people who oppose you cannot close the doors Jesus opens for you. In a similar way, your weaknesses do not bar you from opportunities Jesus presents you. I want to go back and reread verse 8 a second time. He says, look, I have set an open door that no one is able to shut. And I know that you have but little power, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. He knows that they have but little power. They are poor. They don't have political power or large numbers or extraordinary skills. But today we need to know that God will always equip you and empower you to do what he calls you to do. It's Jesus who opens the doors. It depends on him, not on you. Read the Bible and you have a whole book of people experiencing victories that they would never win on their own. Often God uses our weaknesses to do great things because then his glory is most clearly seen. So next he says that difficulties do not close doors. He continues in verse 10. Because you have kept my word of endurance, I will keep you from this hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast to what you have so that no one takes away your crown. Your troubles and suffering will not keep you from the open doors Jesus has put before you. When we keep his word, he will keep us from the hour of trial. Now, don't take this the wrong way. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a difficult time. It doesn't mean that you won't suffer. Actually, he's saying the exact opposite. He's saying that when we keep his word, we will endure through the difficulties to reach the open door. They will not defeat us. He says that you, if, that you have kept my word of endurance. Now, endurance requires that there are difficulties to endure. So God will see you through your struggles. He will not let them overcome you. His shoulders are strong enough to bear the burden that you carry. He will lead you through them and carry you if, you must, if he must. When we keep the word, God promises to be with us. Now, we still might lose jobs, have health problems. We will die, and we will pray and th that they, things that won't happen. We will fall. And when we do, God will pick us back up, and he will lead us through. He will be building you and growing you. I think where we go wrong in this is when we adopt the wrong end goal. The lies of the prosperity gospel see money and power and outward health as the greatest good. What we all want and what God wants to give us. However, that is not true. The true gospel of Jesus Christ promises us God. His presence in our lives, working in us and through us and giving us a place with him forever. And that is more valuable than all the health, wealth, and prosperity that we could ever gain. Listen to how the message concludes. If you conquer, I will make you a pillar in the temple of God, and you will never go out of it. I will write on you the name of my name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from my God out of heaven, and my own name. 
Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The promises at the end of this message are all declaring our place with Jesus. This is the greatest and final open door that he has prepared for us. If we believe in Jesus, that he lived a sinless life and died on the cross to pay our sins and and rose again to give us a new life, he says he will make us a pillar in the temple of my God. The temple is where his presence dwells in a special way. You have a permanent and valued place in the kingdom. Now, we use the term pillar. He or she is a pillar in the community. That means that they made an impact. They're valuable. It wouldn't be the same without them. Jesus is making us pillars in his presence, in his kingdom. He took them from being of little power at the beginning of the message to making them into pillars of the kingdom of God in the end. He says he will write on us the name of God and the name of the city of God. You belong to him, and you belong in his kingdom. God's word is powerful, and when we keep his word and live and believe according to it, he opens doors. He makes a way for us to enjoy all the goodness, peace, and joy of his presence and to be a valued part of his kingdom. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. My name is Pastor Jeremy. Go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Once you're there, you can click on Contact Us, leave us a message, let us know you're listening and how we can serve you. Also, you click Give to support our ministry. Once again, that's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. We'd love to see you any Sunday morning. 10.50 a.m. is when we start on Sunday mornings. Come and join for our worship gathering. There is always a place for you with us. Have a great week. Love God. Love others and tell somebody about Jesus.